0: I mean I run more miles and, and love it now more than I ever have. And I think it, it's it's mostly due to um really being able to take a a step back and, and truly cherish what the sport has to offer.
1: Disruns Radio episode seven hundred and eighty eight starts in three, two If you've been listening for very long, you know that uh, one of my favorite topics is running injuries. Um, both, you know, kind of figuring out how to treat them, and also maybe more importantly, figuring out how to prevent them. And uh, that's actually something that we're going to be getting into a, a bit more in depth with today's uh, today's episode. Which you know you'll, you'll get to that in just a second. Um, but uh, just want to remind you that one of the most important things we can do, and uh, that we we probably should do, I'll, I'll make that bold proclamation. This is something we should do: is be proactive towards helping to prevent injuries and that means that we get to do a little bit more than just worry about our running we also got to take care of some of the quote-unquote little things and if you've been listening for very long you know you know where I'm going with this. Uh, I want to remind you that the little things course is available it is free lots of videos, lots of, of information on how to how to hopefully shore up, learn a little bit, maybe alter uh, hopefully for the better stuff related to diet and nutrition, stuff related to sleep. Uh, because there's no doubt sleep is probably the most important thing we can do for our, our health in general let alone our, our running health um, take care of some cross training questions and and give you some options for cross training and also to look at some kind of rep- repair work stuff some self massage some soft tissue work type of items you know foam rolling CTM banding spoiler alert there um, you know those those types of things that really make a huge difference so if if you haven't uh, checked out the little things course yet and and you're not sure that you're doing everything you can on any of those four fronts you might want to check it out because again it's free literally cost you nothing uh, just head over to slash little things and uh, you can sign up right there enroll it takes like a second and a half and then you check it out all kinds of videos like i said videos information blog posts resources the whole nine disruns.com little things now without any further ado Let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is one of those dual threats that I always enjoy having on the show. You know, not only is he a a strong runner, so we'll have plenty of, of, you know, Areas to talk about as far as his running exploits, but he's also a chiropractor that specializes in working with a variety of athletes, including runners. So, you know, he's got that uh, running injury prevention thing that uh, I I kind of enjoy as well. He's also an entrepreneur, and the product that he has created is something that uh, you may want to add to your recovery toolbox as well. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in depth as we go too. So, in any event, we're going to talk about all the things today. We're going to talk about running running injuries, and maybe my favorite topic, preventing running injuries as well. So um, without any further ado, it's a pleasure to be able to welcome Dr. Kyle Bowling to the show. Uh, Thanks for joining us today, Kyle. Really appreciate it
0: absolutely thanks for having me i'm excited to be on
1: looking forward to it and uh that product that we're going to get to eventually guys is something that we've we've i've talked about it before because i have one and uh it's great but uh we're going to hear it from the horse's mouth at some point but uh all the all the website social media stuff all kind of points back to uh his product which is the ctm band so if you want to find out more about kyle and and obviously what what he's got going on and and the the product that he has uh ctm.band is the website that's charlie tango i don't even know how do you say how do you say m ctm whatever it is ctm dot yeah. band um on instagram it's at ctm band on twitter at ctm underscore therapy and on facebook it's just all one jumbled thing together at ctm band uh disruns.com <laughs> slash 788 is the link back for the show notes so that's you know if, you, if you're getting confused of which handle is which for which platform and if you're trying to go to a dot com and that doesn't seem like it's working Cause it's, cause it's not going to work. It's CTM.band, uh, com slash seven, eight, eight is the link to point your browser back to. And we will have everything linked up in the show notes right there, ready to go help you point into the direction that you want to go. So Kyle, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show, um, is with a very simple question that, uh, for some folks, it's an easy one to answer for some folks. It's a little bit, a little bit more complicated because there's a lot of really good answers to choose from. Um, and it's just to simply ask what is your favorite distance to race and why
0: yeah so my uh i mean the lazy answer would be the 5k because there's <laughs> less pain involved i found with the 5k but uh but no i would say uh, just for overall experience the the full marathon and I, I haven't done many of them but um just the whole experience and like the highs and lows and the the journey you know not only running 26 miles but just like the the emotional and physical journey that you that you embark on throughout a, a full marathon, it, I think is just amazing.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's definitely a roller coaster, and and um I, I used to not I don't know if I used to appreciate that as much until I had talked to more ultra runners on the show, and then you you start to hear like the ups <laughs> and the downs that they have, and then you start to you know then then I start to reflect on on some of the distances I run, which every once in a while I'll dabble into a fifty k, but not uh, not much longer than that at this point <clears throat> in my life. But uh, it's yeah. like man, it still it still plays out you know, some of those, those spots where it feels good spots, where it's not so good, where you're struggling, where you got to keep pushing forward. I mean, it happens at the marathon. It happens at the, at the half. It happens at pretty much any, any distance, but yeah, when you're out there for three or four hours, five hours, six hours, whatever, whatever your pace might be for, for a marathon type of distance. Yeah. There's, there's a, a journey that happens over those 26 miles for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: How did you uh, get into the sport, Kyle? Is running something that's always been uh, near and dear to you, or, or how did you kind of find your way into this uh, thing that we all know and love?
0: Um, so it started uh, pretty early on. I'm um, just, in general, pretty competitive, and uh, I think the, the first year I tried out for my track team was the fourth grade, mm-hmm. and I actually got cut from the team. They said, nope, and they didn't <laughs> they didn't make many cuts. I imagine I was probably one of, you know, two or three people that that couldn't cut a- couldn't cut it at the fourth grade level, uh, (laughs) track team. So I, um, fourth grade got cut fifth grade made the, made the team, but finished last in every, every race I ran. And that just, I mean, it, it really, you know, losing that much and being told I couldn't do it just kind of threw more wood or coal into the fire. And from there on just kind of built year by year, um, and, you know, and ended up having a, an okay um um, high school career and then ran at the division one uh uh, level in in college so it it started by uh you know not getting a participation uh trophy and then um and you know i had a little bit of success with it so i just kept building on it from there and and here we are
1: gotcha gotcha where did you run in college
0: i ran at the university of louisville here in kentucky
1: okay and uh running i'm I'm guessing then well I, I guess i'm not guessing i'm I'm not going to guess was it uh more you know distance the distance end of things was it the the track side of things where where did you what what were your events
0: yeah so i did both track and cross country and 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 in, in, uh you know for at the collegiate level it's an 8k and a little bit of 10k for mm-hmm. for cross country and then a track did the the 5k and 10k um horribly failed at the <laughs> the steeplechase one time so that was short-lived but the 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 longer distance stuff is related really to to the uh to the collegiate uh, right. events for sure
1: right um i can't i can't go past a horrible failure in the in the steeplechase what was what was the uh <laughs> the experience of of that one that one steeplechase for you
0: um well so i'm trying to think. i think it was uh it was maybe at western kentucky university and the coach you know it, it with um collegiate track you're always thinking about all right where can we score points and mm-hmm. it seems to be that you know some of the, the the runners who who aren't quite as fast who might not score points in a five k ten k which is super competitive right. might sneak in a few points um, if you're successful with the the steeple and so he threw uh you know a bunch of us in there and said all right if if any of you guys show some promise um, you know we might be onto to something but i think You know, every single one of us were completely submerged in the water pit at at, (laughs) different points. You know, it's the it's not like hurdling where if you hit the hurdle, you know, the hurdle falls down and you have a decent chance of staying up with steeplechase. If you hit the barrier, like the barrier (laughs) stays there and you're going down. Right. So there's there's a lot of that apprehension of trying to hurdle it and and uh, and that kind of thing. So it was uh, it's funny to look back on now, but the time was a complete disaster.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a special breed of runner that's like, yeah, put these put these barriers in this pool of water around the track and I'll run around that instead of just running, you know, a, an open track uh for like the 5k or 10k.
0: Yeah, and it's it's um, you know, my my wife who was on the team as well. She was a, an all-conference steeplechaser and she has the most shuffled gait you've ever seen. Like she barely picks her feet up <laughs> off the ground while she's running and then somehow became this um this all-conference steeplechaser. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy how that works. Wow.
1: Well, and that and that just goes to show you, from the coach's perspective, of why you just throw people out there and let's see what happens. And you know, somebody who you might not suspect might be great at it, and somebody who you think might have a, a decent chance and is like, nope, that's not for them.
0: Yeah, it was uh, a sink sink or swim type thing, and we all sank big time. Right.
1: Literally, <laughs> literally a sink or swim in this <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: So what was what was running like after college? Uh, you know, did you uh, kind of continue on, or was it kind of one of those things where maybe it took you took a little break? Where all of a sudden, since you're not running competitively anymore, it's not as as you know, it kind of loses some of that steam. Or, or what was it, what was it like after your your competition days were over?
0: Yeah, so I mean, they're running at the 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 high school and college level, I mean it's it's so many miles all the time. It, it definitely becomes by the end of it a little bit like a job. So mm-hmm. at the end of the, the college career I, I was definitely looking forward to a little bit of a break. So um I probably took three or four years where, you know, still ran to to you know not not get too uh overweight or anything, but um uh, but it wasn't real serious with it. And then, you know, I got into my um later twenties. That's when I started dialing back in um, to, to train for you know, longer distances, like half marathon and marathon. Um, but I, I, mean, I also feel like as you, when you're, when you're younger, you don't truly, or it's, it's very difficult to truly appreciate some of what running offer. It seems like when you, when you get older, um, it's easier to recognize, Hey, this is a great healthy form of stress relief. Um, you know, if, if you have a crazy busy schedule, Kids like like I do, it's really like the only quiet time you're going to get for uh, most days. So really learning to appreciate that got me back into the sport. And I've I mean, I run more miles and and love it now more than I ever have. And I think it's it's mostly due to um, really being able to take a a step back and, and truly cherish what the sport has to offer.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny how that perspective changes, and and you know whether you're running competitively at the at the high school or college level, or or you know whatever reasons you're running. At least for for me, and it kind of sounds like for you as well. Um, it, it kind of is more of a means to the end. Uh, you know, whether it's it's to keep your scholarship, yeah. to stay in shape for another sport, to. Stay, stay just in shape for for life in general keep the beer belly and, and the, the pizza belly in check which is kind of my reason for running in college a little bit um, yeah but, but then yeah you get a little bit later in life and, and you know your perspective changes a little bit and and um, it definitely uh, takes on a different a different perspective for for myself and I know for many of the people listening as well
0: yeah, yeah, and that's. I mean, I was looking back. I was. I probably got a little bit too serious too soon, and that's pr- probably what factors into wanting to take a break. Mm-hmm. And that's. Um. I mean, that's a lot of what I talk to parents about now, whose whose kids are getting into running. Is is helping helping them understand that that run is a different animal compared to a lot of these sports. Where I mean, I'm sure you would agree successful running basically comes down to uh, a lot of the time, how much you're willing to suffer, mm-hmm. um, how, how how long are you willing to stay in the pain cave compared to the other runners. And that's a, that's a tough thing for, um, you know, a, a younger person to, to grasp and have fun with.
1: Yeah, certainly, certainly. So where does the, um, you know, kind of shifting gears slightly, but we'll kind of keep with, with some running as we go here as well. But where does the, uh, the passion or the the desire to, um, kind of work into the the field of becoming a chiropractor that the health sciences working with athletes um was that something that was also always a passion or or where did where did that seed get planted for you to to kind of you know make that where you go professionally um with with your life
0: sure so that was probably midway through college um i uh i had an issue with with getting hurt i kept um i kept getting overuse injuries sometimes it would be a, a stress fracture sometimes it would be you know, a, a strained muscle, Achilles tendonitis, you know, all kind of the, the who's who of, of running injuries I, I kept getting. And the, um, you know, not to bash our medical staff at the time, but it, it wasn't very running specific. So, you know, I'd get a stress fracture and they'd say, all right, well, stress fracture, cross train for four to six weeks and and jump back out there. But there wasn't anyone, you know, it's, we, we would joke too, like, you know, you could walk into the training room with a the bones sticking out of your skin. And then they'd put some ice and stem on it and tell mm-hmm. you to, you know, give it a day or two off. But there uh there really wasn't any running specific approaches that we were getting, you know, as far as evaluating mechanics to see why we were getting hurt, you know, what wasn't working correctly that causes other areas to overcompensate. And so that's what kind of got me into um, becoming a, a sports chiropractor. Um, one of our coaches, I think he was a pole vault coach at the time was a was a chiropractor and and so I did a, a couple of internships with him and and really liked um you know what what he was doing and so that's what kind of steered me in that direction and and at the time um chiropractic because it, it came down to you know chiropractic versus physical therapy they're both great mm-hmm. um professions, but with uh, it, it seemed like with chiropractic i could carve out a little bit more of a niche and, and do it. I, you know, create something specific for runners and other types of athletes, um, compared to some of the other professions. So that's what, um, that's what started it was, was being hurt myself really.
1: Gotcha. I was, I was kind of wondering if that, if that might be the case. And, uh, as, as an athletic trainer, that's, that's my, uh, training. That's, that's, uh, I guess that's, that's what I used to do in a, in a previous life. Although I still dabble with, with, uh, at least using the, the knowledge and information, um, but but yeah, it's 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 uh, something where um, you know not to not to harp on my my peers and because I've probably been there too. Where sometimes it's the ice and STEM is the first thing, just because trying to figure out what's going on. But you know, it's, yeah. it, 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 in an honest moment, um, sometimes the 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 the, the non uh, what's the best way to say it? the non football players, the non basketball players. Um, sometimes got a little bit shorter shift of, of fully full care, uh, which hopefully didn't always happen, but you know, it's just kind of sometimes was, the, was the nature of the beast or at least that's what we were trained in more of f- more running or I'm sorry, more, more you know, contact acute injuries, let alone to some of these, uh, more overuse injuries that, that us runners obviously, uh, are maybe a bit more, uh, have to deal with a bit more often. So you're, you're in the, in the training room kind of, uh, deciding to, to maybe pursue this, this path of, of going to the the chiropractic niche. Um, how, 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 how did that, um, like, I don't know how exactly how to quite word this, but, um, you're going down, down that route um, while you were still, you know, doing some of the internships, things like that, while you're still competing. Um, were, you, were you learning things that you were able to, to kind of start experimenting with or dabbling with or applying to yourself at the time? Or did, did a lot of the, you know, things that you were learning, obviously you weren't to a level of a chiropractor at that point, but starting to learn some things to, to do. Were you able to implement those while you were still in your, in your college running days?
0: Yeah, I'm starting to like, I mean, that's when I really started um, digging deep into the, the literature and, and reading about experiences with that other runners have had, but it was mainly post-college when it was, mm-hmm. I mean, literally every day you learn something new and you're right. like, man, I really wish I would have known that mm-hmm. five to seven years ago because it, it could have been a game changer. So there was, there were things that, that I was able to dabble in when I was still competing in, in college, but, um, uh, it was, it was mainly after. Gotcha. When the, the world opened up as far as, you know, right, there's a ton of things that we need to be doing as runners that are unique compared to other types of athletes.
1: Let's, uh, let's, let's dive in there then, because I think that's a, that's a, a too, too good of a, of an opening for me to, to even for me to pass up. Um, yep. you know, obviously lots of people listening to the show, um, runners of various levels, various levels of experience, um, most all of them, I'm going to assume paint, paint with a real broad brush here. None of them want to be injured. None of them want to have to deal with an injury at, at any point, no matter what races they're, they're running, training for whatever their, their motivations are. Um, what, what are some of those things that you kind of were, were learning? Um, that, that, like you said, you're going, man, I wish, I wish I would have known this a handful of years ago. Um, what, what are some of those maybe general topics and then we can kind of dive into it a bit more as we go.
0: Yeah. So, well, I mean, the first thing is that I, I feel like up until recently, and there's still too much of it, but like most people you talk to aren't runners. They're like, you know, why do you run so much? It's bad for your knees. It's bad for your hips. You're going to, you know, uh, knee replacement, hip replacement by the time you're 40. And, and that's with, with the latest research, that's been pretty much completely debunked. That like if you're using good mechanics and you're taking care of yourself and, you, and you're doing, you know, what we say, all the little things that, that, uh, accumulate to being the, the big thing running is great. And it actually uh, helps these areas and helps improve the strength of your, your bones, ligaments, tendons, all, all that good stuff. So, um, you know, that's, that's the first thing I'd tell people is as far as preventing injuries is, is knowing that like, Hey, we want to make sure, you know, the mechanics are where they need to be. So we do a lot of gait analysis and, and, um, you know, helping people understand how the, the body and the kinetic chain works where, you know if one you know say say you're having some achilles pain okay good we want to uh, accurately diagnose you know what's hurting which is the achilles but that's typically the the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. as far as the underlying dysfunction and and with running you know it's uh, if you think about it it's the only sport that combines high repetitive motion with high impact all all the other um, sports has one or the other, but not both. So right. running, even though it's a, you know, technically a non non-contact, you know, uh, uh, sport, it, it is pretty brutal on our body if we're not doing all the little things to take care of it.
1: Yeah. I couldn't, uh, couldn't agree with that more. It's, it's, um, you know, yeah, I, I guess I, I mean, I, kn- I know all that stuff and, and I, I agree with it, but I don't know that I've ever heard it put that way where it's, it's not a contact sport, but that doesn't mean it's not a non you know, there's still plenty of force going on with with our bodies every every step, every every time we're running um, lots of force there. So it's not not contact with um, hopefully at least not with the other competitors, the other runners that are out there. Yeah. But it's certainly a lot of contact between you and the ground as you go.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned. Yeah, so oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I think that's all I had. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Okay. Um, you, you mentioned the little things in there and, and, uh, it's something that I talk about a lot. I, I have, uh, people have, have probably heard, I have a little, uh, free video course on doing some of the little things to, to try to help, to prevent some, some of the, uh, overuse things and, and keep our bodies in balance and, and staying healthy. Um, but, but what are, what are some of the, the key little things as far as, as you're concerned?
0: So yeah, I mean, I, we can kind of start proximally and work distally from there. So, you know, in my office, I, I do a lot of, um, of gait analysis. And so checking the, to see what the core and, and hip stabilizing muscles are doing, that's a big one. You know, if you if you have hip drop on either side or Trendelenburg sign is, is what it's mm-hmm. called where a glute isn't firing, that's probably one of the most common um, things I see as an underlying cause uh with with um with running injuries and that that can cause anything you know such as piriformis or IT band pain all the way down to plantar fasciitis or 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 um you know foot pain so you know starting there working working down um you know I I'm a big fan of you know not necessarily cuz you know the kind of that that minimalist running and 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 high cadence running has kind of been the thing of the past 5 to 10 years mm-hmm. I think that's good for a lot of people but it's not for everyone, so you know really diving deep into injury history so if you're the, if you're the type of runner like me where I was having a ton of impact stress type injuries like uh, um, you know stress fractures stress reactions that kind of thing and you see that I'm running with a hundred and sixty three step per minute cadence and seeing that you know I'm coming down on my heels pretty far uh, pretty hard out in front of my center of gravity I'm definitely a candidate for needing to tighten things up and and improve um and and uh increase my cadence to to land a little bit more efficiently on the flip side you know if you're the type that's had um recurring achilles calf issues you just have really tight calves that you haven't been able to conquer and you haven't had many of those impact stress injuries then it might be good to stay on your heels and because when you um you know, increase cadence and, and land with with a little more dorsiflexion or bend in your ankle. That's going to put more stress on those areas that have been hurt so often. So, I mean, from there, you know, looking at recovery, making sure you're not you know running too fast on days you're supposed to be running slow, mm-hmm. making sure you're in the right shoes. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. That the eating, the the sleeping, the hydration. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's stuff you, you you're talking about quite a bit, but all that adds up to success. It's not one thing necessarily over the other. It's it's all the the little pieces of the pie that that, uh, that contribute to that that success.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly exactly the case. And and you know even though it's something that I've talked about several times uh it's always good to get different voices because I, I have a feeling that you know kind of like you don't listen to your parent but you listen to your 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 cool uncle <laughs> that when, when he says the same thing that your parents have been saying um i, I kind of think sometimes i'm, I'm maybe that I, I i'm talking like the, the peanuts teacher here rah, 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 and, and get somebody <laughs> else's voice out there um saying some of the same things and, and hope that it it uh sinks in a little bit but yeah i mean just taking care of all those little things we get so focused i think uh both myself sometimes and also you know runners that I work with coach, uh, talk to online where it's like, we get so focused on the workouts and the mileage and the running side of the sport, which, you know, depend on your goals, pretty important things to focus on, but you yeah. forget about the little things and man, it's, it's setting yourself up for, for problems with, with injuries, breakdowns, things like that, that, uh, that, you know, if you, if you can keep balancing both it, it you, odds are you're going to be a lot more successful, whatever your definition of success in, in the sport happens to
0: be. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: You mentioned uh, the trendellenberg uh the 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 lazy glutes the the non firing glutes um that's something that that I feel like again runners lots of runners have heard about make sure you're firing your gl- your glutes make sure you engage your glutes when you're running um and, and and I think that that maybe there's there can be a disconnect there of like yeah, I know this is what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not exactly sure how to do it and I mean it's something that I've gotten questions about not super frequently but often enough that it's, it's something that, uh, as soon as you you mentioned that, I was like, oh yeah, let's, let's talk about that for a second. So, you know, if, if, if if we've got, if somebody's listening and they're like, yeah, I'm I'm not sure I'm really firing my glutes when I, when I run and I know it's something I'm supposed to do. Uh, I just, I just heard Kyle mention that that's an important thing. Um, how, how do we as, as runners, um, and, and somewhat, you know, as, as well as we can try to discuss it in this, in this platform, um, how, how can we try to better engage our glutes when we're running or how do we know if we are, is there a way to know if we are engaging or is that something that really uh, is tough to self-diagnose?
0: It's, I mean, for, for someone like, like me, where I, um, I'm mainly just running, I, I, I do a fair amount of cross training, but I'm mainly just running. I think you just have to assume that you're it's, and it's, it's tricky because, you know, there's three different glute muscles, right. glute max, glute medius, glute minimus that all kind of function independently of one another um, it 's the glute medius that contributes to the the hip drop, and I think it 's so common with runners because and triathletes for that matter is that we're we 're very uniplanar athletes, and so we 're going in one direction the whole time um, in that that front to back plane, and so over time. You know the only the only way you're going to be really engaging those important glute muscles is to be doing activities that involve side to side movement, Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's I think that's why it's so common with runners and triathletes. And so, um, you know, the most scientific way to monitor whether that's going on is is um, you know having a gait analysis done, or even just having someone videotape uh, you running from behind on a treadmill or, or jogging behind you, and you're looking to see if there's any any, um, you know, dropping of either, either one of the hips more than four degrees, that's considered a positive Trendelenburg sign. Um, but an easier way to tell is just to, uh, balance on one leg compared to the other and do like little, um, I always have people first balance and then do like quarter quarter one leg squats and see what the stability looks like. If the knee and ankle are wobbly back and forth, that's usually a sign that, uh, there's something going on with that glute medius amongst other things like down in the knee or sometimes the the bottom of the foot. But that's a that's a good kind of quick way to tell if if glutes are firing. If if you can balance on one leg and then do a bunch of those little one leg squats and it's a piece of cake, you're probably good. But you'd be surprised at how many people can't do that. And I think it comes down to, you know, we're just very uniplanar athletes. But when you when you think about running, you know, it's entirely a one leg activity. So the entire time we're running, we're either on the right leg, left leg, or completely in the air, Mm. but you can, you can really tell a lot what's going on mechanically, just, you know, balancing and and seeing what's where the movement is.
1: Are there, are there any tips or suggestions to help somebody try to fire that glute more while they're running? Is there there tactics or form changes or things they can kind of try to think about to try to get that to start happening a bit more?
0: yeah so it's it's definitely not because like with with foot strike we're we're talking about you know forefoot versus midfoot that kind of thing mm-hmm. um or, or, or rear foot that's more of a conscious change to get like a core muscle or glute medius to fire that's a subconscious thing and that's going to be you know outside of running just a couple times a week for a few minutes doing a side plank or a um, you know a hip drop um or a, a hip tilt type mm-hmm. type exercise it's, it's hard to explain I, i'd be happy to find a video or picture or do a demonstration and, and and um if you don't already have one but it's it's basically simple exercises to to make sure those those glutes are, are activated and i usually tell people you know to do them pre-run I mean, when you take off on the run those muscles are are woken up and ready uh, ready to go yeah so if- it's it, it's really not like something you think about doing it's you work on them a little bit outside of mm-hmm. running and then you know, trust that they'll be doing their job because you've been making them work a little bit more
1: gotcha, yeah, and if you have a, a video or something like that 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 you can link to or, or that you have a link for already, uh, please send that over we'll make sure it's in the in the show notes uh, for everybody to go check it out because yeah, I know I understand exactly i I can see exactly in my head what you're saying um, yeah. but, but again, I've got that, that athletic training kind of sports medicine background where it, it it all makes sense to me, but if you had if you're not quite sure it's 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 tough to, to visualize, but, uh, yeah, seeing it in video makes it would make a lot of sense.
0: But it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy how common it is and how, I mean, it's, I, I joke with people if, if someone's coming in and, and they have pain anywhere, um, you know, could, could literally say like, all right, don't tell me which side it's on. And then we get them on a treadmill, see what the hips are doing. And 10 times out of 10, you can tell, um, you can tell what side it is because there's, there's hip drop on that side.
1: Gotcha. With, with with that in mind and and this is this is admittedly a bit of a loaded question and and a bit of a real broad brush type of of question um so you know all the disclaimers out there that every person is is unique and every situation is is different uh and yeah. Kyle is a doctor but he's not necessarily your doctor and he's you know all, <laughs> all of those all of those disclaimers out there um w- would you say in your in your professional opinion that um probably hips hips glutes core kind of that that central area right there most important area to address and work on and in, and in, and in, uh in, in an attempt to try to stay ahead of of not only running injuries but increased running performance as well
0: absolutely yeah i would i would rank that number one um for those reasons you just said it's it's so huge in preventing injury and and um and increasing efficiency and performance absolutely but it's it's interesting because like you know, we get hurt. We seem to get hurt a lot as runners, but it's really, you know, uh, it's really like 10 different things that we commonly get. And if you break those injuries down to where they come from, it's really just like three different, uh, three different areas of the body in the lower extremity that'll that'll cause it. So for sure, number one, I would rank that core hip stability. Um, number two would be ankle dorsiflexion. And then number three would probably be you know, what the, what the quad muscles are doing, where they attach to the knee. Um, but, but to, to your point, yeah, number one, absolutely core hip.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. For, for those that, um, maybe struggle a little bit with the idea, and, and I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit more, but maybe we'll, we'll go real, real direct to it. And then we'll start to branch off a little bit more, but, um, you know, the, there there's, there's a disconnect sometimes between the idea that my foot hurts. I've got plantar fasciitis or I've got some shin splints or something like that. And the idea that maybe that's possibly caused by some weak hip or a glute that's not firing or, or something like something like that, that, that seems like it's pretty far away when, when we're looking at where the pain is versus you're trying to tell me that something up in my, in my core is, is the problem. Um, mm-hmm. for lack of a better way of asking the question can, can we, like, gosh, again, struggling with it with answering this, asking this question? I know what I want to say, but can, can we can we put it into into as simple terms as possible, or or a, a, um, as easy to understand as possible about just how you know how the hip bone is connected to the ankle bone when you when you get all the way through it and, and, and to it, and how how you know I, I think I've said before that our body is just one big ecosystem, and what happens in one mm-hmm. spot absolutely impacts another spot. It's not a bunch of separate, different. Uh, isolated areas. But um, again, I, I'm rambling with my question here, but, you know, for those people that are still struggling to, to piece all this, this together, that it's, it's, it's not, a, your hip is not necessarily separate from your, your ankle, or your foot or your knee or whatever. Um, how, how do those things relate and interact? And, and, you know, the, the chink in the armor is, is, you know, as I'm touching my hip up here, but the pain is down in my foot as an example.
0: Yeah. So it's, I mean the, the the best way to to explain it is that it's a, a chain reaction. But like, you know, if, if for if people are listening, like if you if you balance, uh, you know, if you take a second balance on the on your right foot, um, when you're in that that balance, that glute is trying to fire to keep everything stable, to to you know keep you balanced and not allow you to fall over. And so once that muscle stops doing its job, it then allows everything to basically collapse inward. It's, sometimes it's outward, most of the time mm-hmm. it's inward. So you kind of picture, um, you know, if the the top of your hip, that femur where it attaches around the, the core starts rolling um, internally or, or towards the inside, um, and then the knee starts rolling towards the inside, and then the shin starts rolling towards the inside, and then the foot starts rolling towards the inside. So that's just like what's happening on one step. If you're out on a 10-mile run, you're basically doing that, you know, roughly – 10 to 12,000 times right. over time, that's going to build up, um, and, and cause no matter where it is, how close or far it is from that glute, um, uh, an, an overuse injury. And there's, it's not, you know, and, and it's definitely not every case. Um, you know, just if you have foot pain, it's not automatically right. coming from the hip, but it's, it's more common than you'd expect that like, you know, you kind of go piece by piece, you know, evaluating each structure and you say, okay, foot pain, um, you're having foot pain. The the intrinsic muscles on the bottom of the feet are strong, so it's not coming from that. Ankle dorsiflexion is good, so it's not coming from the, the calf. Um but then you have someone balance on one leg and then you do some gait analysis and see that there's that that, that hip drop Trendelenburg Dr. mm-hmm. sign and it's like, ah, okay. So it's not a quick fix, but ultimately what's going to get this foot better is Strengthen up that that core and hip because that's where it that's where it comes from
1: exactly and it's it's not a quick fix but if you're in a situation where you're not having any issues anywhere might be something to kind of work on just firing up those those glutes a little bit working on your core stability um, and hopefully no guarantees but hopefully that'll help to keep some of those potential issues uh down the road away as well
0: yeah absolutely
1: so you know is is uh a couple of of maybe some different different angles of questioning, but one thing that uh, kind of just popped into my head um, is is the idea that uh, I don't, I, and this has changed for me over over time, but I feel like at least as a kid may, and maybe it's probably just because my dad's experience with going to a chiropractor when I was a kid was always back related and getting back adjustments and, and having you know some some I don't know they ever had any herniated discs, but he definitely had alignment issues through his spinal column, and I used to always think that kind of chiropractors were we working on the back and, and back adjustments. Um, obviously that's, that's not the case, but, um, for those that, that maybe haven't worked with a chiropractor before, or ha- don't have much experience of, of, you know, seeing a chiropractor, um, you know, if, if, so, obviously you have a wide breadth of knowledge and we've barely tapped the surface of it and, and we're already talking about a whole bunch of things, but you know, what kind of things as, as runners might see in a chiropractor, uh, especially somebody like yourself that specializes in athletes and, and the sports side of chiropractic care. um, You know, is, is it, is it something where seeing a chiropractor can be something that can, you know, for, for, for kind of tongue in cheek way, but you know, mm. any, anything that's hurts, we can, we can take care of, or are there really some things that are more specialized that, that seeing a chiropractor is probably the better choice?
0: Um, I think it's, it's definitely not exclusive to, to, to what I do as being a chiropractor. I mean, if I, with the, you know, the licensure laws in, in Kentucky where I'm at, I have to have the word chiropractic in my name. If I didn't have to, I probably wouldn't even have it because that's really just like one little thing that I do. There's a, there's a, f- a fair amount of people who come in where we don't even, I mean, we don't even go into anything chiropractic. I think it comes down to, as far as people listening, um, um, going to someone, whether it's a chiropractor, um, uh, an athletic trainer because a lot of, you know, athletic trainers are are doing the private practice type setup, which is really cool. Um, a DPT, the physical therapist, massage therapist, orthopedist, occupational therapist, whoever, I don't think it matters who it is. You just want to make sure they know, they know runners and are familiar with the AR, AR mindset and how serious we take this stuff. And B isn't going to tell you just to stop running when that probably is not the, the correct, um, the correct way to go about it. And that's, that's why I always have an issue with is, is, um, and, and a lot of people will come to my office and be like, you know, it's, it ends up being like an IT band and they would have visited a, an orthopedist or another chiropractor, or whoever, who doesn't really know runners. And they're just like, Oh yep, yeah, that's, that's IT band. You need to stop running for six months. And that's like <laughs> the worst right. answer possible. So I, I, I don't think it's, I definitely don't think it's specific to, to chiropractic. I think it's just asking the right questions before you're going to be seeing any type of practitioner and knowing that, um, you know, they, they know, they know how we work. <laughs> right.
1: And that's it, a, it's a great point because not only, not only is the athlete going in and saying, well, my, I got a little bit of it band issue and now you're telling me not to run for six months, but you know, so not only is that not the best way to solve the it band issue, but now you're planting the seed in that, in that runner to be like, well, the next time something hurts, the last thing I'm doing is going to see a doctor again because they're just going to tell me to not run and that's not going to be an option. And so then, you know, potentially you go down that situation where you just, you know, they're trying to keep going and and trying to self-doctor from WebMD or YouTube or whatever, which there's some good things out there, of course, but there's some not so good things out there and you never know what you're going to get into and maybe make a situation worse. Whereas if, if, like you said, to, to your point, Kyle, If the person that you're talking to, whatever their credentials happen to be, as long as they're legitimate and, and, you know, they're knowledgeable of the body and how the body works and athletes in general, um, you know, you can you can really nip some things in the bud by by getting after them before they become too much of an issue.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So speaking of nipping things in the bud and trying to to stay in front of things, um, which I didn't necessarily mean to to segue like that, but I guess I've done this long enough that I can just kind of fall (laughs) into a segue once in a while.
0: It um, Sounds good.
1: Yeah, it, uh, and if I wouldn't have said anything, everybody thought I would have. I would have planned that. But uh, anyway, um, the C T M band, you know, the the product that you've created. Something that, that I should have the show number in front of me, but I I did a, a full review on it in a past episode, and we'll have that linked in the show notes if people want to go back and get my full take on it. Um, which you know, spoiler alert: two thumbs up on on the C T M band. <laughs> but uh, what what before we get into exactly what it is and kind of what it does where did the, the genesis of the CTM band, where, where did the, the, genesis of, you know, you're already, like you said, you've got, you've got a family, you've got kids, you've got a, a, a chiropractic practice or a sports medicine practice that's, that's growing and, and doing great work. Um, why, why decide to, to add, I'm going to create a new product and, and, you know, go full in on this whole entrepreneurship thing, or maybe not full in, but, you know, add another layer to it. Um, wh- where did the idea for the, the product come from and, and, and the, the genesis of getting it started and getting it off the ground?
0: Yeah, so it's it's been a lot of fun. It's it's been a huge learning process cuz I'm I'm not a salesman and I've never like created anything and and then sold anything, but it's it's been a lot of fun so far. It's uh so it's basically um it it stems from just what I do daily with with patients. And so I'm going to use like a, you know, a calf for example. Someone mm-hmm. um, you know, daily comes in with a with a calf strain or calf tightness that can lead to a multitude of things around the body kind of similar to to what we talked about with a glute not firing. And so one of the first things I asked is, okay, what have you done for it so far to try to fix it? And, you know, the and it, it's the you know an answer along the lines of well, I foam roll it or stick roll it or use some of the other the uh, tools of you know motorized massage guns, that kind of thing. Um so I kept getting the feedback that they were trying this stuff and it, it helps for a second, but they don't feel like they can truly get to the you know deep enough into the muscle. And if you if you know the anatomy, you know there's a lot going on in the calf, and there mm-hmm. needs to be that that sliding surface mechanism where the gastroc can move alongside the soleus and some of the other structures that sit in there too. Um, so that prompted me to to say, all right, well, so many people are telling me a foam roller, which is like the gold standard for right. you know self myofascial release isn't getting the job done. I wonder if there's been any studies that look at whether, you know, a, a foam roller can truly cause that, that myofascial release effect that we're going for using these tools. And so um, from there I went in and, and um, looked at some of the studies that have been done and, and, and a lot of them came to the conclusion that a foam roller can work, but only if there's enough compression and movement into the tissue while you're applying the, the actual like massage part of the roller. If you can combine those things, then yeah, you can accomplish myofascial release short of that. You're really just like rubbing on the surface of the skin. And so, um, from there I was like, okay, well, there's gotta be something else that we can integrate to, to help as far as a self-help tool that that people can be using. And so that's what kind of got the ball ball rolling with the, the CTM band. So it's basically, you know, if, if, have you guys covered floss bands at all? I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. So floss bands are really cool. They've um, been growing in popularity over the last few years. That's where you basically it's a it's like a thick resistance band that you wrap around the you know, say it's a calf really, really tight and I mean to the point that's causing ischemic pressure where you're you're limiting circulation. So you wrap it around the calf real tight, move it around, take the um take the band off and you get a nice rush of blood to the area helps, helps somewhat with mobility. And so that's a great approach for, um, you know, the compression and movement side of things that, that those studies say. Um, but there's nothing that was truly like digging into the tissue right. that the, the studies were saying was required as well. And so that's where, you know, I started playing around with prototype where it's basically a floss band that you add, you know, little attachments on to dig into the tissue to accomplish what, um, what the studies say are, are necessary and then the so ctm that's a band is born. Long-winded answer, but that's kind of how that's kind of how it started. Yeah, so so you know for for
1: those listening, um it's it's basically it's in and, and correct me if I'm wrong here Kyle, but it's it's a, a a long elastic, you know, kind of resistance type of band, a little bit thicker, but that type of that type of thing has got some stretch, it's got some give to it, and it's got um four I don't know what what you I mean they're kind of like half domes like almost like golf ball size but kind of a rubbery surface that doesn't really give but has a little stickiness to it um, that that mm-hmm. you kind of you know they're they're attached to the band or they can be they can be removed but they're attached you know attached to the band um, and uh, you just kind of wrap it around wrap it around your your body part your your calf or your thigh or wherever it is that's that's uh, tender and uh, get that you know the, the C T M the compression the tension. And the the massage of, of the uh, of the the nodules or whatever you want to call them there, um. So so that's that's kind of the setup, and and the idea is then again if I'm kind of piecing things together from from what you just said, um. It kind of is the trifecta as opposed to all the most of the other tools, c- probably combine one or maybe two of those three those three elements that are really uh, essential for myofascial release and, and and creating more more movement within the tissue.
0: Right, exactly, and and so, you know, yeah, the, literally the the first prototypes. I a um, the the first one was I stole some bouncy balls from my kids and attached <laughs> them to uh to the floss band that I already had, and then moved on from there to where I was, um, you know, my basement sawing golf balls in half and attaching to the band, and so I've I've kind of moved ahead as I was able to. So now, yeah, we have, um, you know, I had a, a a mold made so that we could. Um, create these shapes to to attach to the band. But yeah, it's basically like a more functional and dynamic way to to self-treat a lot of these areas. And, you know, I I had a big um, kind of testing phase with my patients and, and, um, you know, friends and colleagues before I started selling them and, you know, got pretty good feedback as far as, all right, compare the effects of this to a, uh, to a, you know, what you're typically doing with a foam roller and, and uh lacrosse ball or, or floss band or stick roller and, and got pretty pretty good feedback
1: are there are there i know you mentioned the calf as as one place to use it um are, are there are there some places or some some areas that it's definitely better for some areas that it it you know admittedly you know it's, it's it's it it maybe doesn't work as well for as certain body parts or or you know is it is it fairly universal from from your perspective what's what's your take on you know areas that we can we can use them for as runners
0: yeah, it's, it's definitely more of an extremity tool. So from a runner um, standpoint, a lot of people use them on, on calf Achilles. You can take three of them off, leave one on and really dig in deep to plantar fascia on the bottom of the foot. Um, uh, for like a runner's knee or it band, you can get it up around the knee or, or hip area. Um, that's, that's the best stuff or our hamstring. That's the best stuff for runners. Um, I've had, um, crossfitters and upper body athletes use it a lot for elbows and shoulders and, and bicipital areas as well. Um, I had someone ask on Facebook this past weekend if they could put it on around their neck and I was like, no, probably Probably not. not. (laughs) That's, that's not, that's, that's definitely a limitation to the band. So, so, but for, um, for those other areas that, that you can, you know, safely (laughs) wrap tight, (laughs) it's, uh, it, it seems to work pretty well.
1: And so I, I know the answer to this one, but for, for those that, that are new to the show or haven't heard the review or, or forgot because it's been a few months since I did that, um, once, once you wrap it on, is it something where you just kind of hang out and, and sit on the couch to watch TV or, or again, I know I, I'm leading the, leading the witness here, but you wrap it up yeah. and walk around the day or, or how, did, how did, you know, what's, what's the actual kind of use protocol for it?
0: That's a great question too. So back to those, those initial studies that I was looking at before I created it. Um, one of them was showing that to release a trigger point in the muscle, um, if you can, if you can apply what's called ischemic pressure into the trigger point, it's much more effective than the typical, like rub it with your thumb or roll it Mm -hmm. or, or, or do massage. So you, you wrap it tight enough to where you're literally limiting blood flow for about two to three minutes. And so the effect of that is, once you take it off, you get a, a, a from that ischemic pressure, you get a, a big rush of blood to the area. So that's kind of where the, the improved recovery comes in because it's going to send new blood and oxygen to the area. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to your, to answer your question, you definitely want to leave it on for a, a few minutes. Um, but some people will tell me they'll, um, you know, they'll put it on their, their calf or, or hamstring and then, you know, cook dinner for a few minutes or, or, uh, make a cup of coffee, but it's, you definitely don't want to leave it on more than that, more than a few minutes, because you are limiting circulation to an extent.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so then you just kind of, you know, like so. Say, and I'm going to kind of maybe use myself for example, because uh, as I told you before, we got recording. As, as we're recording this, uh, people people know that I ran the uh, the, the Cannonball Marathon in, in North Carolina. Um, they just don't know that because they listening to it that it was a month and a half ago as opposed to two days ago. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> but but as we're talking, um, I've got some some you know it was I I live in Florida. It's fairly flat down here. Um, Newsflash: Greensboro, North Carolina, not as flat as it is in Florida. Um, so you head up there to go run a race. There's a few more hills. There's a bit more elevation. I think I think I took more elevation in that 26 miles than I do in a in 160 mile a month running running in Florida down here. Um, yeah. So needless to say, my calves are are pretty sore. I don't I don't feel like I have any major trigger points or any real areas that are that are excessively more tender but just the whole the whole length of of certainly of the gastroc both both heads up and down um are are tight and sore uh still today you know 72 hours later um so so i've got my i've got my band right here next to me um is it something where in that type of situation um and again i mean this is general knowledge or general information but but kind of a a semi-specific example am i better off kind of moving the band every few minutes up and down my leg, putting it on one one spot of the calf like maybe in the the center of the muscle belly, wrapping it tight, leaving it on for the few minutes, taking it off and, and good or or how how in in that in this specific example that I'm in right now would be the the best method for applying and using the the CTM band.
0: Yeah, so I mean post post marathon or post race soreness is a is on a, another level, so you're probably 2 days out, not anything in there yet. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, the, the, the composition of the muscle when it's sore after a race is different than like after a workout. Like right. the, you know, at a microscopic level, those, those, some of those, you know, muscle fibers are torn right now and they need a couple more days to, um, to recover. So for that, I would probably take all of the, all of the attachments off and just use it as a floss band for a few okay. days because that's going to be, that's going to allow you to, Increase the blood flow, get new blood flow in there, kind of squeeze some of that um, stuff that's been sitting around, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit stagnant out, um, and then um, integrate some movement into it too with with stretching. And then after a few days, I'd probably add a, a, a ball or two back on. And that's kind of where. Um, so we just released a, an expansion pack, which is basically like new shapes you can put on the band. And we had. Um, uh, um, smaller attachments in the kind of that half half ball type shape but much smaller than the ones that you have and so that's more of like a surface level type pressure that i think feels um feels better in, in some uh, in some cases so gotcha. um definitely ease into it because that would be pretty brutal right now digging yeah, in there <laughs>
1: yes yeah, so, and, and that's why it's sitting on the on the table next to me as opposed to, <laughs> to have been wrapped around yet but, but yeah, yeah that, that's good to know that that you know, again, I mean, and again, this is kind of stuff that I feel like I've kind of got a grasp on, but, but for those that are are thinking about it, um, there's different ways to use it depending on exactly where you are in the recovery process, what's going on. And now with the expansion pack, that's even more exciting that that there's some different, different heads that you can put on or different attachments you can put on to kind of help, help with some different areas so that you don't overdo it when it's not quite the right time to go full all out pressure at that point.
0: Yeah. And real, real quick, funny story. So it's called the CTM band. So I went with more of the, the scientific uh, name, because you know th- that's what the studies show—compression, tension, and movement—that the mm-hmm. tissue needs. My um, my uh, brother-in-law, who's also a brilliant uh, businessman, he thought it. He thought we should call it um, something more along like a like a funny name, and mm-hmm. and the idea he came up with was Doctor Bowling's Naughty Band, <laughs> <laughs> which like I absolutely love that, but is it's like if I'm trying to keep that that level of um you know medical scientific aspect i figured i had to tone it down but that's i, I always think of that is of how funny that would have been oh yeah and and, and and could have completely gone like infomercial like try dr bowling's naughty band today
1: <laughs> I, I feel like that's that's something that would show up on like saturday night live where it's like they're, they're yes. like like a spoof product but uh that, that would be that, that is a great a great name for it and of course spelled k-n-o-t-t-y band you know but. Oh man, that's <laughs> been fantastic, but but definitely yeah. definitely a good a good a good product and and uh, something that uh, I think is is a, a great part of of my recovery toolbox and something that uh, um, I think is is worth I mean it, worth investing in for yourself and, and and by investing it's not like it's it's super expensive it's it's very much affordable something that that all of us can can add into our into the mix and with you know as this is coming out in in middle of November as with the holidays coming up you know. Maybe uh, maybe throw it on your list and get one under the tree, and you won't be you won't be upset. And it's something that'll last pretty much forever. I mean, I would imagine, unless you're really abusing it, right?
0: Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's a there's a lifetime warranty and everything. And and really, um, part of what I was excited about seeing the the research and hearing the feedback with the band, and this doesn't. I mean, you could do this with any tool that's more on the simple side of things. Is it's showing that like, all right, the the true recovery effect, the self fast release that we're looking for you don't need to be buying these $500 massage guns, mm-hmm. um, to, to achieve that recovery. You can use simple basic stuff and still get, get done what we need to. So I was, I thought that was exciting too. Cause you know, it seems like, uh, there's a new product coming out every week. That's like a, you know, $700 massage gun, $300 vibrating foam roller. And it's like, that's not bad, but I don't think it's essential for getting the recovery that we need. Right. Right. I mean, you know, it goes,
1: goes back to that whole, uh, you know, keep it simple, <clears throat> stupid sl- slogan, at least as a slogan for me. It's like more often than not, the simple solutions, the things that are tried and true, like those tend to work better than, than a lot of the, the fa- flashy, fancy things, um, in all areas of life, not just running an injury recovery, but just, you know, in general, the simple, simple solution, usually the, in my opinion, the better solution. Yeah. So as we're as we're wrapping up here, Kyle, um I, I like to uh to kind of close with something that I call a philosophical question, which isn't maybe sometimes as scary as it sounds. It's just kind of kind of like the introductory question, very open-ended, um less specific to anything that we've really talked about um today. But uh just just curious, you know, as as um, you know running has obviously been a part of your life for a long time since since getting cut in fourth grade to to where we are today with you know not only you know professionally but something that you do still uh, as, as something that you enjoy stress relief mental health physical health all of those types of things um, I, i'm curious to 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 know um, and i 'm sure there 's probably a bunch of things but one or two things that maybe running has taught you uh, about yourself uh, that that you know who knows with with, with as long as you 've been in the sport. Maybe these would have been lessons you would have learned anyway, but uh, you know, is there anything that you can point to, whether it's personally, professionally, um, any other way that you can be like, wow, this is a direct lesson or a direct correlation of something that I've learned as a runner that now I'm applying in my business or with my patients or as I'm creating new things or with my family or, or whatever the case might be. Any, any lessons that you can, you can point to that, that running has really taught you over the years that, that you're able to see play out in other areas of life?
0: Absolutely. I mean, every day, at at least once. Um, And and this goes back to your your first question about favorite uh, favorite race distance. You know, most most everyone, no matter what, how how long of a race they they run, have been this position where, you know, you're halfway into a race. You're dead tired and you're wondering how the heck am I going to get to the finish (laughs) line? Um, And and you want to quit. You don't know how you're going to do it, but you just put your head down and do it um, I'm, I'm constantly reminded of situations like that in, in life. Um, you know, the, the one that's most applicable to me right now is, you know, three kids of a, a oldest, oldest daughter is seven. And I have a five-year-old son and a one-year-old son. I mean, you could imagine how much sleep my <laughs> wife and I are getting. So, you know, there's a fair amount of days you get up and it's like, wow, I only got three hours of sleep last night. I have you know, uh, 30 bands to mail out. I have 20 patients to see how the heck am I going to get through this day? And I, you just have to, at least in my, in my experience, think back to running and just say, all right, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to grind through this and we're going to, we're going to get to the finish line. And that's, um, I mean, that's, that's probably just the most realistic one for me right now, but you could, um, you compare that to, or you can apply that to almost anything in life. In my opinion, is that, if stuff's not going well, but you got to get to that finish line, um, you just put your head down and, and grind.
1: Totally, totally agree. Um, and and uh, something that I've I've been through as well. So I'm not even going to try to add to it because I think it's, it's perfect just the way you left it. So once again, guys, if you want to check out the CTM band, and I would encourage you to do so. CTM.band is the website on Instagram. CTM.band as well. Twitter, CTM underscore therapy. And on Facebook, just one word, CTM band. Um, and we'll have everything linked up as we always do in the show notes for today's episode. Dizruns.com slash 788. And uh, uh, Kyle, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, 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 the, you're the voice behind all those social media handles anyway. So if somebody has any questions, concerns, anything like that about the product, Reaching out to that to out to you or reaching out to, to CTM band but on whatever platform is best for them you'll get back to them and, and help them figure out what's what their question or concern is right
0: absolutely yep that's me all right
1: so dot com slash seven eight eight and uh, with that Kyle thank you for uh, for taking the time today um, thanks for creating a really awesome product and I hope that it just continues to grow and continues to take hold um, and continues to be something that you know maybe maybe bumps foam roller back off that that list of what's the first thing you need to, to help solve running injuries foam roller is good, but uh, the CTM band even better. So uh, thank you for the time today, my friend. And uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward, running professionally, all the things. Uh, but thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks. Uh, and, and you as well.
1: All right, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope that uh, you enjoyed today's conversation with Kyle. Uh, and I hope that maybe you might have learned something, or, or maybe there was something that stood out to you that, that you can kind of look at and go, "Hey, maybe I should try to take care of this. Maybe this is uh, something that I, I should maybe work on to try to stay healthy, stay in the game, keep uh, you know avoiding those injuries, and keep keep logging those miles, keep working towards your goal." Um, if so, I would love to hear what that what that is. What was you know maybe that would be your takeaway? Maybe there'd be something different. But what uh, what what is the thing from today's episode that stood out to you? Injury related, health related, or otherwise? What is something we talked about today that really resonated with you. Um, for me, it goes back to something that I, I know I've talked about this before, but uh, we, we talked about it again. And, and the idea that, you know, I think Kyle said, it, it, you know, I, not maybe not an exact quote, but something along the lines of there's, there's you know, really for the most part, two or three different type of, of areas, type of issues um, that that seem to be the root cause of just about every running injury. Obviously, there's always kind of those freak outliers, but for the most part, um, you know, we talked about kind of hip glute uh, stability and strength, uh, ankle range of motion, ankle dorsiflexion. And uh, I believe we talked about the quad as well, where you got kind of quad, quad insertion points. Um, but, uh, you know, those those being the big the big three. And it just reminds me, or, or it just, you know, really stuck out to me, um, again, just the importance of taking care of of our bodies in general, not just, you know, the, the specific areas where maybe something is a little bit sore or a little bit hurting, but not forgetting that everything is attached. And it's, it's really one big picture. You know, it's not, it's not a bunch of individual components. It's not your hip. It's not your plantar fascia. It's not your it band. It's not your, whatever your knee, your patella, your calf muscle. It's not, it's not all of these separate components. It's you know your entire drivetrain. It's your entire entire body all working together. All you know all the different muscles, all the different bones, all the joints, all the systems that need to be working in, in fairly decent harmony for us to to a to be healthy, uh, and b then you know as long as we're healthy, hopefully working towards our running goals. So you know whether whether you know the, it's something that you need to do to work on your your glute strength or engaging your glutes more. Um, Working on your core, whatever, whatever, again, whatever kind of stood out to you from today that, that maybe there was something that that Kyle mentioned. That's like, yes, this is something we need to work on, um, or, or not just again, for me, it's, it's so important for me to remember for myself and also for me to remember when I'm working with others or talking, talking in quick tip episodes or, or whatever the case might be to just remember that everything really is connected. And, you know, if we can just shore up some of those weak areas, it might that you know no guarantees but that might be the key to, to solving all of the or the majority of the the common running issues that we see and you know you might be banging your head against the wall trying to to um you know massage your, your plantar fascia to help alleviate your plantar, fascia, plantar fasciitis symptoms and maybe the the real cause is that your your glute isn't firing and so you can massage your foot for days and days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months. And maybe it will keep it from getting any worse to where you're able to continue running on it, but maybe it'll never quite go away until you actually address the, the glute, address the hip. So I, I don't know exactly the short the short answer for my quick tip or my, my quick tip, my takeaway. Maybe it's to just zoom out. Keep the big picture in mind. Stop, stop worry, worrying about as much or focusing as much on each individual component and worry more about the whole broad, broad scope. Um... And, and maybe that is the key to staying healthy and, and continuing on the, on the path towards your goals in the sport. So that's my takeaway, big picture, not just the big picture of your running, but big picture of your health, big picture of your body, take care of your body as a whole, instead of, Oh, I'll just worry about my legs. or I'll just worry. I got this, this cranky wheel. I'll just worry about this, this one Achilles. No worry about everything. Take care of everything. Do the best you can to take care of everything. And uh, the better the whole system's running, typically, the better each individual component is doing as well. So that's my takeaway. But what about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? What was something that you uh really took away from the chat today with Dr. Kyle? Uh, let me know. At Disruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram as well. You can also shoot an email, disruns at gmail.com, and of course you can head over to the show notes for today's episode, which you can find at disruns.com slash seven eight eight. Leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, takeaways there down in the comment section. We'll also have links. You can get yourself a CTM band if you haven't gotten one already. Uh, you can go through the, the link in the um, in the show notes to support the show at the same time. Buy it from Amazon. Get a little, uh, throw a couple of shekels in my in my pocket at no additional cost to you. Um, but it's definitely a good piece of equipment. It's definitely something that I'm glad that I have and uh, something that I continue to use. Probably don't use it as much as I should but uh probably could use it a bit more often uh as well so check it out if you haven't done so already maybe maybe you know i know we're still a little bit early for christmas time although not too much not too much as this episode comes out uh so if you're looking for uh you know a good gift that somebody can get you for uh for the holiday season something they probably can't screw up too much because it's just it's basically the same thing across the board other than different colors but you can you can pretty much make sure you get in the right the color that you want um have them get you a ctm band you will not be disappointed so with that we'll go ahead and, and wrap this one up don't forget once again if you haven't checked out the little things course disruns.com slash little things check it out and if you have checked it out we'd love to hear your thoughts love to hear what you think about it um you know good bad indifferent let me know because uh there'll be some more courses on the way in 2020 and certainly want to make them as good as possible, and prove them. And, and build upon what's already there build upon the little links course and make the next one even better so what do you like what do you not like help me make the next course even better which is probably going to be heart rate related but we'll see heart rate training related because i know a lot of you all have interest in that but uh, anyway that's that's another topic for another day so with that we'll go ahead and pull this one into uh pull this pull this ship into the harbor call this one a day uh thank you guys for listening i hope you enjoyed it uh and until next time be well take care thanks again for listening and uh, we'll talk soon all right see you guys